All right. But anyway, uh, what, I'm, what I'm showing you here in the book of Hebrews here, we looked at chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4 uh, a few weeks ago. Then we did 5 and 6. And we're going to do 7 here in just a moment in about 25 minutes. But anyway, the, the point is, this was written to a group of people. And everything we have discovered so far is the only way that we are ever going to be able to be uh, accepted by God in heaven is through what Jesus did, not what you do. In other words, like today, I'm going to do the most fantastic, wonderful deed, and God's going to say, well, let Richard in heaven. No, it's got nothing to do with it. Tell you something else. What you see in chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, so far, well, 6, there's no sin pointed out like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe you have made a mistake. No, it's just the opposite. It's been, it's been talking about you have a high priest who takes care of your sins. And I like to talk about the Catholic Church just a moment because we've seen movies going to confessional or whatever. Well, have you ever seen that Catholic priest pull out a gun and say, you did what? And boom, shoot the guy or, or kick him out of the church? No. The high priest said, well, you know, do this, do this and everything. I mean, he always said it's going to be all right. You know, Well, that's the way Jesus is. And we don't have to go to a church where somebody is your priest because we have a high priest and and he's Jesus. And we need to relax about anything we could ever do. The only thing we get a warning about in the book of Hebrews is don't turn away from Jesus. And that has nothing to do with a simple mistake you may make. Oh, I did this wrong, whatever. No, the mistake is saying I don't want anything to do with Jesus anymore in my life. I think I'm going to believe that this tree or these drum sets or whatever, something else will get me to heaven. no. There's not anything going to get you to heaven but Jesus. So here we go. Let's start here uh, in chapter 7. And uh, matter of fact, just prior to this, oh, he, he's, he's telling us that the high priest has gone into the heavens, Jesus is, and he's there and he will, he's given us strong refuge. Let me just read that for you. Let's, let's go back to that 8th uh, uh, chapter, I mean the 6th chapter, just so we'll get this piece in there. Oh, here we go. All right. Uh, close that down. It's all about what Jesus has done. Let's start here at verse 17. God also bound himself with an oath. You know what an oath is? I swear. Okay, well, God swore. You think God ever swears and he just did it to impress us and he's not going to back it up? No. Remember, the oath, the reason for swearing is to make somebody with a pitchfork behind you saying, you're going to do this. Okay, that's what it's about. Okay. Watch this. God bound himself with an oath so that those he promised to help would be perfectly sure and never need to wonder whether he might change his plans. This is so fantastic. Every one of us in this room, we're going to be seated with Christ one day at the Lord's table in heaven. We're going to heaven. Put that aside. Don't ever worry about that ever again. He has given us both his promise and his oath. Two things. Now remember the oath is the pitchfork. God, you're going to do this. Except God swore by himself. God said, I am going to make myself do this. Okay. Uh, two things we can completely count on. But why is it we worry? I don't know. I'm, uh, I don't know. And for me to worry about my knee, oh, I don't know if God will heal my knee because, well, why? Well, I'm just not the best Christian. I ain't been to church in 10 years. And, and I, well, do you believe in Jesus? Oh, oh I believe in Jesus. Yeah. Quit worrying. You have a high priest. Don't ask me. Don't ask anybody. 
Read the book of Hebrews and, say, and act like Jesus is your high priest. If you start asking people outside in the world, they're going to say, well, not you. Not you. And what's worse is if you start reasoning this out in your head, your head will go, no, no, I, don't, I just don't think so. Oh, my goodness. The book of Psalms is so full of one little phrase, and it's called, thy loving kindness, His mercy. You know, let Israel say, His mercy endures forever. Mercy doesn't mean, well, Richard's such a great guy, we're going to let him in heaven. No, Richard's not such a great guy, but God's going to let me in heaven because of His mercy. And not just going to heaven, all these wonderful things. Count on the Lord blessing you today. Just count on it. Just watch for it. So he promised to help, uh, to help would be perfectly sure and never need to wonder whether he might change his plans. He has given us both his promise and the oath, two things we can completely count on, for it's impossible, look at this, for God to tell a lie. So he just said he's lying if he doesn't help you. And you can say, God, you're lying if you won't help me today. And it doesn't bother him. He's like, no, I'm not lying, I'll help you. How can you say that to God when, Richard, you've made mistakes? <laughs> he just got through saying, or he's going to say it in a moment, that he died for my sins. So I don't have to worry about, well, out one side of God's mouth, he says, I died for your sins, but now I'm still angry about them. Though. No. The funny thing about it is, there's not anything you could have done about your sins. What you did, you did. What you're going to do in the future, you're going to do in the future. God understands this. As you think about Adam and Eve. God knew when he created Adam and Eve, they were going to blow it. He didn't say, well, we're just going to get rid of them. My goodness. Nope. He made a redeemer. All right. Now all these who flee to him uh, to save them can take new courage when they hear such assurances from God. You know what? The only place I've ever found assurances is from that book. You know, because if you go by your feelings, you're going to think, oh, I don't know what God's going to But, you know, you and I, we're sure. Now they can know without a doubt that he will give them the salvation he's promised them. Now, remember... This word salvation doesn't just mean heaven. It means all the little things going on in your life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And he said that right after he said what the devil does. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Why didn't he just say, take them to hell? Because the story is not about heaven and hell. That's just a piece of it. You know, you and I today, I mean, even the oldest of us in the room here, we still got a long way to go till we pass away. So it's a lot of wasted time between now and the time we draw our last breath to experience heaven or hell. And we know we're not going to experience hell. We're going to experience heaven. So what's all this salvation about? Well, keep reading. This certain hope of being saved is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls, connecting us with God himself behind the sacred curtains of heaven where Christ has gone ahead for us to plead with us uh, from his position, no, plead for us, from his position as our high priest with the honor and rank of, we're going to call him Mel, but anyway, it's Melchizedek, okay? Who is Melchizedek? We're going to find out. That puts us right into um, chapter 8 here. But I, I want to make this one little point here. Remember, he's Jesus for you. He's gone ahead, look at this, to plead for us from his position as our high priest in heaven. See, that's where he is right now. He's not up there going, huh? I ain't got a thing to do. No, Phil keeps him busy. Richard, Dustin, you know, Henry, Laura, all of us, we keep him busy, you know. And he don't mind. He's perfectly content with that. Okay, so let's go right to the seventh chapter. Something about Melchizedek. Well, here, here we go. This Melchizedek, now he's in the Old Testament. You'll find him in the book of Genesis. Was king of the city of Salem, 
and also a priest of the Most High. Now, where he's going with this is he's going to quote a scripture out of the book of Psalms, and he's going to say, referring to Jesus, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Or in other words, just like Melchizedek is what it means. Talking about Jesus. When God was, excuse me, when Abraham was returning home, look at this, after winning a great battle against many kings, let me tell you something. You alone with Jesus Christ could have taken down Hitler and that coalition that they had in World War II. I mean, you, you, you could say you're out of your mind. No, 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 you read your Bible. You read your Bible. Everybody that trusted God in the Old Testament, ask God to deliver them. Ask Hezekiah. Sennacherib even has written in the Assyrian Chronicles of their own history. That's the reason the Bible, you can count on it. There's other books and records throughout history. Sennacherib was a real king, and he set his heart to wipe out Jerusalem, and Hezekiah was in there. You can read it for yourself in 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles right there. Hezekiah was doomed. Sennacherib's wonderful, huge army was going to annihilate Jerusalem, but they couldn't do it. Hezekiah called a meeting and said, Hey, little ones, big ones, everybody in the families, we're going to seek God. And they asked God to protect them, and God protected them. It doesn't matter how big your army is. It matters how big your God is. And according to the Bible, there's no God but one God, and that's our God. So anyway, Abraham, this is great. It just said he blew him away. Now, I want you to know something. Does anybody in this room know why Abraham went to battle? There was a reason Abraham grabbed 300 servants. Can you imagine that? Now, now listen, he's going after how many kings? There were 10 kings. Do you think each kingdom had one servant? I'm going to take my army of one. You ready to go? And there's another king over here, and I'm going to take my army of one. And now they're going to be outnumbered by Abraham, who only has 300? Oh, yeah. No wonder Abraham won. Abraham had 300 servants. No, he didn't. I distinctly remember another battle guy by the name of Gideon. Remember that? And God told him, he says, you got too many. There were 20,000. And he said, hey, ask how many people are afraid. And uh, all the ones who are afraid, remember the story in the book of Judges? And 10,000 of them said, I'm scared. And God said to tell Gideon, tell all the ones who are scared to go home. Now he's down to 10,000. And then God says, you still got too many because I'm going to show you that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. No, it's just the power of the Lord. And you got this same power. And God did this so that he would know to trust God instead of trusting numbers. And you should get a hold of that too. God will help you instead of thinking, I got to have more cash. I got to have more of this. No, you just need to think about asking from Jesus anything and he'll get it for you. So God told Gideon, he says, hey, tell all you 10,000 men to go over here by the creek and get a drink. And so they did. And some of them lapped it up like a dog. You know, Others took their hand and did this. And God said, Gideon, take all the men that used their hand. And guess how many there were? 300. And God said, that's enough. And they were going after the Philistines? Oh, mercy. So now he lost his 20,000 member army down to 300. But anyway, Gideon won. Gideon still was scared that night. I'll go ahead and tell you the rest of the story. You can read it for yourself, the book of Judges. Gideon was sleeping in his bed that night. Actually, he was afraid. He was scared. And God said, hey, I tell you what, I know you're afraid. I want you to go down to the camp, sneak into the camp and listen. So Gideon slips out and he sneaks over to one of the tents of the Canaanites. And guess what he heard in there? The Canaanites were in there going, I'm so scared. Gideon's got an army. We're going to be killed. 
And Gideon got so fired up, he ran back to his boys, 300 of them. He divided them up into three groups, so 100 and 100 and 100. And he said, when you hear the trumpet blast and you hear me crash this jar, you blow your trumpets and you crash your jars, and we'll say, the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. And they were so fired up. And anyway, they they surrounded this huge uh, Canaanite army. I mean, on one mountain and one mountain and one mountain. Just a hundred here, a hundred here, and a hundred here. And they did that before early morning. And when they blew those trumpets and crashed those things, the Canaanites got so scared, they killed one another. And they wiped everybody out. And that's the story of Gideon. That's where you get the Gideon Bible from. That's how that group got started. Anyway, same thing here. Abraham was returning home after winning a great battle against many kings. Now, what is so unique about Abraham? I don't know how we're ever going to get, excuse me, how we ever going to get out of the book of Hebrews today. But anyway, the, uh, <clears throat> what you see happening to Abraham, guess what? Abraham's blessing is mine. You have it too. The Bible says in the book of Galatians, we are blessed with faithful Abraham. It says the same thing in Romans chapter 4. But anyway, let's keep going. So he was returning home after winning a great battle against many kings. Melchizedek met him and blessed him. What did he do? Just say, oh, you just, you, I, I love your eyes. You've got pretty eyes, you know. There, uh, this guy is a high priest to the Most High God. Now, Jesus today, he is our high priest. And guess what? One of his functions is to bless you and I. But we have wrote him off saying he doesn't do anything anymore. That's so ridiculous. You need to wake up in the morning rejoicing, thinking, you know, praise God, I got a high priest. He's already thinking about me. He's already going to bless me today. So anyway, Abraham took a tenth of all he had. He's talking about the tithe. Now quit worrying about your money. Well, I give God my money, I'm going to go broke. Well, try to do that with the IRS. Tell the IRS I'm not going to give them any money anymore. Try to go to Walmart and say, I'm going to buy something, but I want you to just give it to me for free. <laughs> money is always involved in one way or another. Don't let it, you know, it's so ridiculous. The people that point it, they go, well, you're up. You know, try not to give your kids any money. Try that, you know. Well, it's all about money. <laughs> and sometimes you think that with your children, you know what? But you don't mind. You help them out. But anyway, Abraham took... Notice he didn't say, well, God made me give it all. No, a tenth. He gave him a tenth of what he had. Look at this. God gave him that. What he won in the battle. He gave it to Melchizedek. Melchizedek's name means justice, so he's the king of justice. He's also the king of peace because of the name of his city, Salem, which means peace. Melchizedek had no father or mother. Now, why is he bringing all this up? Because he's going to compare Jesus to Melchizedek. Remember, Melchizedek's going to be like, he didn't have no father or mother, he was eternal, then who's Jesus? He's eternal too. And he's going to compare Jesus being eternal to the high priest of the day, which they'd only lived to be about 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, and they died, and they lost that guy, and then you came back. All right, watch this. So, Melchizedek had no father or mother. There was no record of any of his ancestors. He was never born, and he never died. But his life is like that of the Son of God, a priest forever. See then how great this Melchizedek is. Even Abraham, the first and most honored of all God's chosen people, uh, gave Melchizedek a tenth of the spoils from the kings he had been fighting. One could understand why Abraham would do this if Melchizedek had been a Jewish priest. For later on, God's people were required by law to give gifts to help their priest. 
because the priests were their families. But Melchizedek was not a relative. And yet Abraham paid him. Melchizedek was placing a blessing upon mighty Abraham. As everyone knows, a person who has the power to bless is always greater than the person he blesses. The Jewish priest, though mortal, that means they're going to die after a while. They receive tithes, but we are told that Melchizedek keeps on living. One might even say that Levi, this was Abraham's great, 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 great grandkid, okay? He was Moses' brother, okay? Levi, the ancestor of all Jewish priests, who all received tithes, paid tithes to Melchizedek through Abraham. For although Levi, Moses' brother, was not born yet, the seed from which he came was uh, in Abraham. Abraham was their great, 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 you know, granddaddy. When Abraham paid the tithes to Melchizedek. Verse 11. If the Jewish priest and their laws had been able... Here's is the good part. Watch this. If the Jew, This is the reason he brought this up. Because we're so scared. Oh my goodness. We'll just take the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. How good are you doing on that? I mean, all your life. You ever thought that maybe you might want to try a little Hare Krishna over there or whatever or worship something else? Man, I had, I've had friends that wanted to be Satanist, you know. Well, I'm not off on that one. Okay, well, thou shalt not kill. Well, good. Okay, you had, you're not no murder. Well, there's still people that are. You know, this is interesting. Half your Bible, guess what? Is written by murderers. Moses, he killed that Egyptian, didn't he? Oh, no. David, he killed his wife's husband. Remember that one? Paul, what did he do? He was standing there when he had Stephen stoned and he had others killed. There's always forgiveness, okay? I mean, <laughs> but anyway, he says, Thou shalt not bear false witness. I'll be the first one to say, I've told a lie. It wasn't just one. <laughs> I mean, man, you've got to watch it. Sometimes it's convenient, isn't it? And you just go, well, no. Uh-uh. Well, there you go. What else is there? Honor your father and mother. You think I made it without getting a spanking from my parents? Are you kidding me? I didn't honor my father and mother. I mean, I mean, you can say that overall. What else is in there? You know, don't commit adultery and all that. In other words, we've blown it. But anyway, the point is, the Bible says to get to heaven in the Old Testament, you had to keep this law. And the crazy thing about it is we realized, I can't. I keep making mistakes. And so this is why he says this right here. We all know that, oh, excuse me, uh, where are we at? Uh, okay, uh, verse 11. If the Jewish priests and their laws have been able to save us, why then did he need to send Christ as a priest? Yeah, good question. With the rank of Melchizedek, instead of sending someone with the rank of Aaron. Aaron was... Levi's son, or uh, Moses and Aaron were brothers, okay? Instead of someone, sending someone with the rank of Aaron, the same rank of all the other priests had. And when God sends a new kind of priest, his law must be changed to permit it. Now, what that law was going to permit was, it was blanket mercy. If you ever sinned, because there was no way to get to heaven anyway, we had to be perfect. The soul that sinneth must surely die. Yikes! We're in trouble. How are we going to make it? As we all know, Christ did not belong to the priest tribe of Levi. Remember, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hey, yeah, he was from Judah. What's going on? 
But he came from the tribe of Judah, which had not been chosen for priesthood. Moses had never given them that work. So we can plainly see that God's method changed for Christ, the new high priest who came with the rank of Melchizedek. Now, why did it change? Because the laws uh, had, uh, because even their laws had been able, to, in other words, the laws were not able to save us. You can't get saved by that law. Let's see what happens. We'll probably just get through just sevens all we'll have time to do. Watch this. Yeah, we'll wait on Here we go. Watch this. Okay. Uh, anyway, but the, the old, they didn't become a high priest by meeting the old requirement of belonging to the tribe of Levi. But on the basis of power flowing from a life that cannot end. In other words, Jesus. He didn't become a high priest because he was from the, uh, from the tribe of Levi. He got one based, he got to become a priest because of an enduring life. Like Melchizedek. Melchizedek, strange character in the Bible, had neither beginning nor end. Where's he from? And God says, you are a priest forever with the rank of Melchizedek. Now, this just simply means your salvation is eternal from one end to another. Dustin's the youngest in here, 25 years old, you know. But even prior to that, he can look ahead and he'll know Jesus is going to be my high priest forever. And remember, he's not going to change any rules. They're not going to change. Here it is, verse 18. Yes, the old system of priesthood based on family lines was canceled because it, what? It didn't work. It was weak and useless for saving people. You couldn't get to heaven by that. You couldn't get your blessings either. It never, here it is, it never made anyone really right with God. He's not saying, well, we all have a good attitude now. You need to get right with God. No, it's worse than that. You've got to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. It's something that this high priest does. It's not something you do. Yes, the old system of priesthood based on family lines was canceled because it was weak and it didn't work. It was useless for saving people. It never really made anyone right with God. But now we have a far better hope. For Christ, look at this, makes us acceptable to God. And now we may draw near to Him. He didn't say, well, if you be good enough, if you really, really be good enough, you can come to Jesus. No, look at our picture over here. Jesus came to you. He came to seek and save that which was lost. Not just going to heaven, but your daily troubles. Guess what? That picture there is based on Revelation 3.20. A friend of mine told me about getting that picture, and I thought, I'm going to get that picture. But my part of Revelation 3.20 is written to a church. Jesus had to go to the church, and the church door was locked. He's really talking about you and I. He comes to Richard's house. Richard, if you'll open that door. Well, wait just a minute. I've been in church all my life. Yes, but I close the door almost every day. <laughs> I'm struggling with something. Now, my favorite thing is like I'm struggling with... Matter of fact, I did. I had that window I was working with yesterday. And I didn't say in the name of Jesus till about 30, 40 minutes into it. <laughs> I mean, Phil, I was aggravated with that window. That thing was painted closed. I couldn't get that thing open. And I put all my strength to Dustin knows because he broke his window open. He got his open probably the same way I did mine. I worked and worked and worked in the name of Jesus, you know. And praise God, finally that window broke free. But I can sit there and struggle with my daily problems and never let Jesus help me. And that picture in Revelation 3.20 is written to Christians. Now, that's written to people that don't know Jesus too. But I tell you, this makes all the sense in the world. Because I can, I can just 
accidentally forget about my high priest, never asking for his help. Well, let's wrap this up. Yes, the old system of priesthood based on family lines. We covered that. Okay. Verse 20. God took an oath that Christ would be a priest. Also, he never said that of any other priest. Only to Christ said he, The Lord has sworn and will never change his mind. You are a priest forever with the rank of Melchizedek. That's in the book of Psalms. Because of God's oath, look at this, Christ can guarantee forever the success of this new arrangement. Now, what was that new arrangement? Uh, The old one was useless for saving people. The old one is like, do this and you'll go to heaven. And you'll find out, I didn't do it. I messed up again. God knew you were going to mess up. He knew the whole time he was going to send Jesus to redeem you. He knew the whole time he would help me get that trailer onto that boat hitch. I mean, onto that hitch on the back of my car because I would ask in the name of Jesus. He would fix all my problems, not based on Richard's going to one day start acting like the best Christian in the world. No, I'm still going to make mistakes. That's the reason I got a high priest. What do I need a high priest for if I'm just going to be perfect from here on? No. Oh, let's see. What's that to verse 22? It might be the last verse. Let me see. No, we got a couple more. Watch this. Uh, Under the old arrangement, there had to be many priests so that when the older ones died off, the priest, the system could still be carried on by the others who took their place. But Jesus lives forever and continues to be a priest so that no one else is needed. Now I want you to get this. Your Bible, referring to the book of Hebrews, practically you could just say the key word in the book of Hebrews is priest. And priest is supposed to register in your mind, even based on our Hollywood movies and the shows we watch, what do you need a priest for? Because we've made some mistakes, right? Well, you have a priest. Jesus doesn't fall off his throne when he finds out you make a mistake. He is your priest. He's got it all covered. I'll quote a scripture for you for you out of 1 John chapter 2. It says, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. That means a lawyer. When you blow it, you have a lawyer. And he's not only the, the, he's not only the uh, one that helps you from your sins, but for the sins of the whole world. Now anyway, verse 25. He's able to save completely all that come to God, to Him. Since He lives forever, He will be there to remind us that He has paid for their sins with His blood. Wow! He therefore is exactly the kind of priest we need, for He's holy and blameless, unstained by sin, undefiled by sinners, and Him, uh, I mean, and to Him has been given the place of honor in heaven. He never needs the daily blood of animal sacrifices as the others did to cover first their own sins and then the sins of the people. That's interesting there. What we do in Huntsville, if the preacher makes a mistake, they kick him out. Not in the Old Testament. They knew dead gum well that their priests were going to make mistakes. (laughs) And so the priest, when he went in there to go offer the sacrifice for the sins of the people, they had another cup going... This one's for mine. This one's for y'all. I'm in trouble just as much as y'all are. He didn't sit there and go, well, I'm so holy. He knew he was bound with failure. That's one reason we blow it so much today. We just assume God just falls off his throne. No, look at this. The priest? Yeah. He says, uh, let's see, he never needs the daily blood of animal sacrifices as other priests did to cover first their own sins and then the sins of the people For he finished it once and for all where? When he died on the cross. Here we go. Exactly what I said. When he sacrificed, (laughs) he sacrificed himself on the cross. 
Jesus, our high priest, said, a body you prepared for me. Matter of fact, this is in the next chapter. Jesus, a high priest, he gave himself. He didn't say, well, I'm so mad. Do you not realize I had to die for y'all? He did this willingly. He figured it all out. We can't save ourselves. We can't get our own money. We can't get these things to work out. But boy, I tell you what, when you look to Jesus and say, Jesus, please help me. I'm in trouble today. I got problems at work. I got problems at home. I got this as a problem. That's a problem. Or boy, my ankle is just, woo, Jesus, please. He will fix your ankle. Don't ever limit him. Well, let's wrap this up. Okay. Under the old system, and even the high priest were weak and sinful men. Oh, my goodness. That can't be in the Bible. Let's cover that up because, I mean, the, the church people are, the preacher, he's not. We, there's not one of us that have not sinned. All of us have sinned. And you can't even say, you know, Dustin's better than all of us. There's no comparison. The sin of Adam wiped us all out. You don't even have to name yours. You inherited everything that Adam did, which was only one sin. But the cool part about that is Romans 5 says, we inherited what Jesus did. He obeyed. He followed the Lord. And I get to carry around His righteousness. I get to carry around the goodness that He did in front of God. That's why He's a high priest. Let's close it out. Here we go. Under the old system, even the high priest were weak and sinful men who could not keep... What? We need to take that out of the Bible. No, we don't. We need to understand it. Who could not keep from doing wrong. Oh, he's talking about the church members. No, he said the priest. Oh, you're talking about the Catholic ones that have sex problems. No, this was every good, perfect, everybody, oh, that's the greatest priest we ever had back in such and such time. Every one of us could not keep from sinning. We got to relax and calm down and know, praise God, I have Jesus that has covered me of my sins and I don't have to feel inferior to my pastor or inferior to, shall we say, in the old days if we were at the tabernacle and the, and the priest walked by. I don't have to, I, when that priest walked by, he could wink at me and know he and I are buddies. He is my high priest. The one that went into the Holy of Holies every year was your good buddy. I wouldn't have to go see Bob and say, well, Bob knows the high priest. I sure wish I knew Caiaphas, Annas, Caiaphas. I don't know them. You knew them, and they felt this way. They could not keep from doing wrong, but later God appointed His own Son, who is what? Perfect forever. And why was He perfect? That's the end of it. And why was He perfect forever? So that he could, he could say, Father, Richard's perfect forever too. He's with me. And the Father would say, okay, Jesus, fine with me. That's the reason Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. Now, we got that out of one chapter of the book of Hebrews. You have, you take it home with It's yours. It belongs to you. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. By your stripes, we're healed. You're our high priest. If we're not feeling good today, you'll fix us. Help Fred out. I know he's out today. And those others that are not here, and if they're not feeling good, just make them well. Lord, same thing's true financially. If we're hurting anywhere financially, fix it, Lord. Help us. And if there's any other problem we might have, oh, Lord, I know you'll get us out of it. Because your arm's not too short that it can't save us from our daily problems. And we just thank you for it. Well, Lord, what does that leave? Well, I know good and well you want us to go tell others what we just learned here. So that's what we're going to do. In the name of Jesus.